Well, welcome back to this important conversation about race and racial reconciliation. You're actually about to jump into the middle of this conversation. We broke it up into four parts, and this is part three. So if you've already watched parts one and two, then you're good, get ready to go. But if you haven't, push pause here, go catch up, and then come back here when you're done with parts one and two. So, okay, Jordan, something you said, it was so powerful. Um, I don't have the privilege to not have to sit down with my parents and have a conversation about being black. Yeah. So I want to go there for just a second. Um, some of you guys are parents. All of you guys are kids of parents. Mm -hmm. What either answer one or both. What are the ways you talk to your kids about this? What are the things you're telling them? You've got kids in college, Ken. Mm -hmm. Like they, they'd be sitting right here in the living room on the Wednesday night yeah. if they're here, right? Yeah. What are roll you tight, roll, right, tight. roll Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. oh. so what we ain't holding the candle to, to Alabama. But so what are you yeah. saying to your kids or what have you said to your kids? And then what did what did your parents say to you um, about my, being black? My parents didn't have to say anything to me. Uh, well, first of all, I grew up in Harlem, New York City. Okay. And um, so I knew I was black yeah. my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, New York's a little different. Uh, melting pot, that whole deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not overt, um, you know, yeah. racism. It's just you living on top of one another, living in projects, um, kind of things aren't taken care of. Uh, but they say we did it. Uh, you know, oh, you see how they live? That's that kind of deal. Mm -hmm. But um, what I tell my kids, what I've always tell my kids, and I've chose to live in Woodstock, uh, Georgia, uh, you know, something South Carolina, Brandon, Florida. Um, I've chose to live in uh, where the school district is, yeah. is better. Uh, so that I understand education is key. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, my, me and my wife happen to you know do okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I've told them that remember you're black. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, because uh, a lot of their friends are white, mm -hmm. and there's privilege. You yeah. you cannot do what they do. So yeah. you you you, you well, before they leave in the house, yeah. you, you look your kids I, in the eyes and say, hey, remember, remember you're, you're black. black every single time. Yeah. And it, it's a fact. I mean, my, my sons have been pulled over. And my son was pulled over from, my son used to work here. And my wife and son, my son was driving, just get just getting his license, just got his license. And my wife was in the passenger seat. They were pulled over by a white police officer. You know, where you're coming from, you know, all these things. A black police officer came, saw my wife's shirt and said, y'all good. Wow. Where y'all coming wow. from? Okay, y'all good. So, I mean, I got to yeah. tell them that. Yeah. yeah. I have to. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. For me, growing up, and I think a lot of Black families can relate to this, um, the message we received was you have to work twice as hard twice to be considered hard. half mm -hmm. as good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Half as good. So it wasn't, yeah. oh, my dog ate my homework. No. I, there was no pass. Yeah. There was no, you show nope. up every single day sick tired, exhausted. Both my parents happen to be educators, so that was part of it. Yeah. But also you have to compete where you're already behind the eight oh, ball. Absolutely. And so that's the message that I received. Um, wow. And for my kids, it's really about cultural pride. Yeah. So I was born in Nigeria. Both my parents are um, first-generation Nigerian um, immigrants. I came to the States when I was three years old. Um, my husband is from Albany, Georgia. <laughs> He's from the okay. dirty South, okay? Um, so we feel like we have a multicultural household. And for us, it's just very, very important for our kids to know that being Black is beautiful. It's oh, about being yeah. resilient. There's a whole concept called post-traumatic growth. Yes. And so there's trauma 
but there's growth that comes from that. And still I rise and mm -hmm. still I rise. So for our sons um, and my bonus daughter, it really is about knowing who you are, knowing your strength, recognizing how amazing you are. So when you leave the home, nobody can tell you otherwise. Mm -hmm. And we say it just like yes. that. Can't nobody tell you otherwise. Code yeah, switching. You said we could go there. Yeah. Yeah. You said like it was a safe no, space. Yeah. Talk like yeah. no white <laughs> I love what you said because I, I think that when, you, when we're, we, my mom said the same, that you need to be twice as good to get half, to just to get half. Just to get and, half. And, and, and as I got older, she always would clarify and say, you, you are not better, but you need to perform better. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very yeah. big distinction. She said, don't, don't talk, don't walk like you're better than. Mm. Don't That's think right. you're superior mm -hmm. because everyone on this God's green earth is made equal. Mm -hmm. But in this system, you need to perform better. Meaning that if you get pulled over, I don't care what everyone else is doing, you need to perform better. You need to make mm -hmm. sure, pan on the wheel. Don't do anything mm -hmm. else. Don't make any sudden movements. If you're at a job and everyone is saying bad about you, you will take the high road. You will turn the other cheek. If they're cussing at you, don't cuss back. Always mm -hmm. perform better mm -hmm. and then you'll get half. <laughs> and that was that reality. Yeah. And so right. maybe, yeah. maybe. And, yeah. um, and I think she always prayed for more. And I think that's the beauty of God. And God, yeah. God can yeah. give you so much more than you ever could imagine. But I do right. think it is the realization of you are equal, but in your performance, don't don't think that that's even graded on an equal right. scale. You are on that's a totally up. different wow. grading scale. That's so good. Yeah. Damn. Love that. Yeah. Uh, well, well, uh, Jordan, you, you talked about having conversations with your parents. What are yeah. some things they told you growing up? Honestly, yeah. sadly, we never had those conversations. Mm. And so I came to college and realized Oh, I'm black. Mm, wow. um, so it was more of learned experience. My uh, parents never had any direct mm -hmm. um, interactions that they can remember. Mm -hmm. So I think in the back of their mind, they're like, oh, she'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But now I feel as if I'm carrying the torch for the family. I'm getting, you know, the fire under my feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so we never mm -hmm. had those conversations. But now that I'm aware, yeah. I will probably sadly have to have those conversations with my kids. Wow. Mm. Would you have wanted your parents to have that conversation with you? Yes. I yeah. just wonder if there's a message in there for, mm. which I hate that it has to be a thing right. to, to have that conversation. And even if you're not black, mm -hmm. you and you know, yeah, I, I was, talked about yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. And he said, we, uh, he has kids. He's a white uh, gentleman who was a dad. And he said, I have to have the conversations that my family never had during civil rights. Wow. with my children. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I wish I'd imagine my mom and dad wish they would have said some things. This goes back to silence is violence. Yeah. That imagine if they would have spoke up during this era, how it would have mm -hmm. changed this generation. And so I do think there are a lot of white people who are saying we don't want to make the same mistake mm -hmm. as our yep. parents made. Yeah. Yep. We want to, we want the next generation to be ready to, to rise <laughs> up. That's why, I'm, yeah, my wife, she's, I'm married up. She's always been so passionate about this. She, all of our baby dolls, they're not all white. That wasn't me. That was all her. <laughs> you know, we got a white one. We got a tan one. Because, yeah, you know. Hey, uh, and then there's a black one. Yeah. She's always wanted Harper to play. And now Samantha, when she actually can function, she's not just a newborn. <laughs> with dolls that are not just I love that. white. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and yeah, I'm bragging on my wife. I don't care. It's not me. It's her. Cool. But we, our, our white brothers and sisters or non-black brothers and sisters have got to to do those yes. kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I feel like you're going to jump in. Yes. Well, no, I was just going to say it was you. It's partly you because you married so well. Well, that's, that's true. true. That's, <laughs> God's grace covers a lot of areas of my life. I'll tell you a little bit. Put a ring on it. Shout out to the wives. Okay. <laughs> and it, I mean, just intentionality. You know, it started, what, what my mom did is she exposed me and my sister, I have one sister, um, 
to to others mm-hmm. early. Yes. And yeah. I watched her interaction mm-hmm. and it taught me. Yes. Okay. Wow. Um, and, and that's important. My sons, my daughters have watched me yes. and my wife. Yeah. And so they in turn understand mm-hmm. grace, patience, mm-hmm. diversity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kindness, you know, for, for people and empathy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you're black. Yeah. That's how you need to really realize how others see you, mm-hmm. how you see you is what we control. Right. Yeah. Is what is what my wife and I, so you know, work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But just so understand good. that what may be coming on the other side. So wow. behave accordingly. That's so good. I don't want to cut this off. Anything else about parents? That, that yeah. Parents are, you're just well, even even raising a daughter mm-hmm. who will one day be a black woman, mm-hmm. just thinking about what that means. And what what I found in society is it seems that our black sisters have gotten the short end of the stick yep. quite often. So it's, you know, you get the worst because you're black, but you also are a woman. So you don't necessarily have the rights that you should have as a woman, too. And so having that conversation or thinking about it from the perspective of how do I want to set this six year old girl up to understand Mm -hmm. the world that's around her, but also to not limit her to that's the only way that it can be. Sure. And so I think a lot of what, what Ken said is just understanding, and, and Tim Wei said the same thing, understanding the heritage yeah. and understand the culture and the richness yes. of your culture and what it means to be uh, a black woman in America. Like, mm-hmm. like, that's a beautiful thing, man. Like, so I think that helping her understand that, but also making sure that she's aware that there are issues. Yes. I want to be real with you. There are definitely challenges. It, it, the crazy part is like, <laughs> my daughter's been with us like to a couple of protests yeah. and it's, it's sad that we still have to do that now, but it's also a beautiful opportunity for her to learn yeah. and see, hey, mm-hmm. okay, this is what we're fighting for. Right. This is, you know, at, at this point in the game, there are people around me that are also willing to fight with me and for me. Yeah. And so it, it is uh, just yeah. continuing, continuously reengaging yes. in identity and, and helping her to understand, hey, you are made incredible. Yes. You are an yeah. incredible yeah. young lady. You can do whatever it is that you set your mind to because you are you are gifted yeah. and you have a loving community. You have loving support around you yeah. and know that you will probably face obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to face obstacles in this world. You're going to face obstacles in society because not everybody sees you as spectacularly mm. as you see yourself or as I see you. Right. Mm. But. When that comes around, this resiliency, this resilience and this this uh, discipline that we've instilled in you right now will hopefully help you push forward. And so that is kind of the conversations that we're forced to have right now with a six year old girl. I just love that. Can I may I interject? I I was looking up something. You're not allowed to ask me for permission. (laughs) You You just talk. okay? You are such an amazing father. Thank you. And man, thank you for lifting up. Um, women and black women in particular. I hear that in almost everything that you say. So as you were talking, I just pulled up, I wanted to pull up something that I found. Um, A friend of mine who has her PhD, she's on faculty somewhere in the nation, um, said on Facebook yesterday, I just learned that only 2% of the 1.5 million faculty currently in higher education 
are black women. Oh, wait, 1.2%. 2% of 1.5 million. And then she wrote, humbled and honored to be part of that amazing group. And one of our white friends said, I'm amazed by you, but I'm, I'm infuriated by the injustice of the systemic racism. So once again, we've come far, mm -hmm. but there's more work to yes. do. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Before, wow. uh, before I leave home every day, my mom would wrap all the culture in Sojourner. She'd always tell us who the years of the Sojourner is. She put a lot of that black excellence in there. Yeah. It would always be a call and response. I'd get to the door, she'd hear the deadbolt turn, and she would yell, you're Christian first, and then I'd have to reply, I'm Sojourner second. And that's mm. what she said every morning. Mm. You're Christian first, Sojourner second. And I remember I used to thought, this is mm. the dumbest phrase. But as I got older, yeah. and still to this day, it's literally my compass for everything. Wow. You're Christian first, mm. Sojourner second. Don't forget who mm. you are, but don't forget whose you are. Wow. That so, is so good. I'm co-opting that. I like that. We do the whole armor of God with my kids before you leave the house. You put on the whole armor of God. And now we're going to add in your Williams. Man, Williams second. Good. I love that. And, and I'm going to step on some toes. I'm sure of it. But what if... What if all non-black people that were uncomfortable this conversation had that same, or all Jesus followers mm, that were not yes, black went on with that same mentality? Okay, okay, this offends me, but I'm a Jesus follower mm -hmm. first. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm a whatever, and then I'm yeah. white. Mm -hmm. You know, like yes. what if that was the first thing that wow. we put forth, or the first thing that we listened with, mm -hmm. our Jesus follower ears, our Jesus follower heart, not you don't know me. I worked hard. You know, I'm like, yes. that, we it's just harder. miss It's harder it. to live life like Yes, it is. <laughs> it's harder to be yeah, Jesus yeah, follower. Yeah, yeah. That's very you know? yeah. yeah. But you, when you put on that Jesus follower uniform, which definitely would have been Nike, um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you, when you, it's not. What? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a fact, though. I agree with that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> When you choose to follow Jesus, you, whether you decided to or not, mm -hmm. you have to be a part of racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. You've yes. got to be a part of that. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not, or you don't want to be, we need to have some other conversations about what you actually believe. <laughs> right. Like your heart. But I, I think that, but even, even that statement is, so that is one of the statements that I told you earlier, we hear like five rebuttals yeah. mm -hmm. as it relates to this. Usually it is statistics say that black on black crime kills, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear, oh, oh, police kill more white people than they kill black people. And then the other one as it relates to our churches mm -hmm. is why don't you just preach the gospel? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the other one. Yeah. So, so I think that making the distinction between a Jesus follower yes. And a Christian might actually help because mm, honestly, yeah. Christianity has been very complicit wow. in this yep. whole thing that we're in. Terrence, okay. <laughs> we, I need to ask this. This is my ways. <laughs> wow. That it, you can be, it's almost like, okay, you can be convinced of something, but are you committed to it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yes. And as a Jesus follower, a Christian might be convinced something is true. And all the theology nerds are like, oh, well, if you're convinced, then you'd say whatever. Yeah. But are you committed to actually yes. following yeah. Jesus and yes. not just talking about yes. it? Yes. And what you just said, my wife asked me this question. Mm. And I thought, I have no idea. This is this might sound weird. I don't know. We might have to cut this out later. But um, <laughs> she asked me a question and, and she wanted me to ask. And it was so good. How are black people, because of how, especially early on, the church got this wrong? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are black people still Christians? That's from Julie. And when she said that, I thought she goes, because the church has done this so wrong. I said, babe, I, <laughs> my husband asked that question. So how? Because we're afraid not to be. 
And what I mean by that is it's what's gotten us this far mm. without yeah. going mm. crazy. Mm. I'm afraid to not be mm. a believer in the person that saved my soul. Mm. The hope. The hope. Yes. The yeah. hope mm-hmm. that, that, you know, Romans 8, 28, mm-hmm. all things, are, yeah. you know. So that part, mm-hmm. that's why people continue to keep on keeping on because mm-hmm. of the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. That is truth. Yeah. And there's a whole segment of the nation. There's a whole nother segment of the nation that asks that same question yes. yeah. and have chosen not to follow mm-hmm. because it's been about Christianity right. and mm-hmm. not about following Jesus yes. and because Christianity has been used as a tool of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. The KKK would hang people yes. and then go to church. Right. We've seen that over and over right. again. So, your wife is brilliant because that comes up over and over again. Like, what are we really following when you follow gospel as opposed to Jesus Christ? Yeah, or even the church. The church. As an yeah. institution yes. yeah. that in so many ways are very easily depart from the very thing that Jesus came and wanted and to as, do. And mm-hmm. as social justice goes up in, genera- in, the, in this generation coming, yeah. in generation now, you'll see them departing from the church more and more because they're, they're noticing yes. the disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do think the more and more we have a younger generation focused on doing for others, yes. they're looking at the church and saying, well, there's a disc- they aren't, they yeah. aren't doing, they yeah. talk a yeah. good game, yeah. but they don't walk it out. Wow. So yeah. I do think that's why you're seeing such, such massive numbers of young people just having a mass exodus right out of the church and just saying, this isn't for us. We don't, wow. we don't see it actually yeah. being done. Yeah. We just hear people talking about it and so because I this next think. generation is the most multicultural they're Absolutely. the most diverse and they're the most, most interested in social justice and yeah. social justice has become become a political weapon yeah, but it yeah. just means justice it just means mm. justice. it's just access equal yeah. access yeah i, I think Absolutely. even to to think even more through your question yeah. about why is it that black people are still uh jesus followers I think in a lot of ways, as a people, historically, we have seen ourselves in in the eyes of Jesus, or we've seen ourselves in the role of Jesus, Mm -hmm. meaning that Jesus was crucified, right? And I think there's a book uh, by Dr. James Cone that is called The Cross and the Lynching Tree. Mm. And what it does is it parallels Black people's suffering and lynching with the essentially what was lynching of the day, which was uh, crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And so it speaks to the, uh, the, the, the nature of things not necessarily making sense, mm-hmm. but they're working. So for example, there is power in the submission. There is power in this whole idea of suffering, where it's like, and so in a lot of ways in, in the black churches, there's the cross is preached a lot more mm-hmm. because there's an ident like we identify with that. Yeah. It's like that suffering. Like you, sure. you went through these things. Mm-hmm. God, thank Jesus, thank you for that. If you can go through it, we can get through it too. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. of that, because that, on the third. That's right. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what he do? Well, he rose, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's an emphasis on um, the scripture of John in this world there yeah. will be trouble. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. promised yeah. us. That's yes. a promise of yes. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We do get that in the black church. Yes. Wow. But for, for, and I'm not trying to belittle anything else that anybody else might go through, but in the black church, that statement rings true in a way that many won't ever experience Man. if you're not black. Yes, sir. That yes, in sir. this world, you will have trouble. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
So Jesus is just that good. Come on, Jesus is great. He's privileged. He used his privilege. He leveraged. Hey, Jesus is dope, man. Yeah, Jesus is dope. That guy. Jesus is dope. There's a, I mean, even when he when he talked to the uh, Samaritan woman by the well, yep. yeah. I had a seminary professor tell me that the racial tensions between Jews and Samaritans was so bad, it would be as if you dropped a black person in the middle of a KKK meeting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that just painted a picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus did there in that moment, mm-hmm. double whammy, mm-hmm. woman and Samaritan, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh. it, if wow. we don't wake up, wow. wake up and see what Jesus did wow. and what he was Knowing we were going to have to walk. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to, then we're not looking. I think, I think also too, that there is this picture of Jesus being this passive mm-hmm. guy who didn't rock any boats and He's who just kind of patted people on the back yeah. and he laid on a lamb and rubbed his head. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, if he was that guy, they wouldn't have wanted to kill him. Yeah. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, so, so like, this was radical. Right, Jesus was radical. <laughs> right, he was a disruptor. So it was like, this was the status quo and Jesus was like, nah, this isn't cool. So, right. so I'm going to talk to the Samaritan woman at the well. Right. I'm going to tell a story where everybody surrounding me is Jewish and I'm going to make a Samaritan the hero mm. in the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's radical. I'm going to flip tables because I am upset because y'all in here changing, exchanging money, making bread. Yeah. So it's like, Jesus was radical. And so when we talk about like preaching the gospel or following Jesus, right. it's not laying down. It's no. not this, this idea of what, what MLK in his, his letter from the Birmingham jail calls negative peace, which is essentially the absence of any type of tension. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a positive thing. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that when we understand who Jesus really was and is, it, it, it shakes us and it, and it reframes what it means to be a Jesus follower yeah. because you're not passive. You're not no. just sitting on your hands idly, just waiting for the time to pass. Yeah. No, you're disrupting stuff. You were yeah. speaking out against things that are unjust. Right. Or unjust. I got to brag on Jordan for a second. When she interned here, um, Jordan on a number of occasions spoke up and challenged our church on how we can be better mm. in this area. Wow. I was about to oh, Jordan. I don't know how many conversations yeah. I was part of with our leadership Jordan. team where it was like, well, Jordan mentioned this. This is what Jordan saw. Yeah. And also Jordan said this. And yeah. it was like, okay, we need to pay attention and we need to listen. Yes. And it's this okay. younger yeah. generation yeah. that Jordan is leading the way saying, yes. yeah, 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 we're going to do things differently. Yes. We're going to speak up. Yes. We're going to post. We're going to raise our voice yes. even when everybody else is afraid. And to. it could be a quiet presentation, yes. just like Terrence was talking about. But yeah. it's a quiet inner strength yeah. that leads to change. Yes. Yeah. And that is amazing. I'm, I'm kind of considered quiet too, yeah. a little yeah. bit, not today. Um, <laughs> but I received a couple of Facebook messages from friends from 10 years ago. They said, Chen Wei, how are you doing? How's yeah. everything going with your yeah. family? I remember when you had this conversation and you checked my privilege mm. and I said, I did that. I don't <laughs> yeah. even remember, wow. but I, I love that. Yeah. I yes. love that. Yeah. Jordan, yeah, what, you. what, when, where do you find the, and maybe it's just you, maybe it's like, no, it's just me, but the, <laughs> the courage or the, to speak up, to not just want to be quiet, to not yes. feel like you're the, the, the yes. squeaky wheel or whatever. Like, yeah. what is it in you that's like, yeah, no, this isn't, can you speak to what this next generation yeah. is feeling and leading into, leaning into to, to be the change and lead the way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it being in white evangelical spaces, I think I realized if I can't bring all of me into this space, no one else who looks like me who, or who is a person of color can bring them their full self here. Mm. And the, ch- the church is supposed to be the safest place that you're supposed to enter. Um, we all bear the image of God and 
you always wow. desire for people to see you as that. Yes. And so I stepped in, hey, this has got to change because I'm not going to be the only black person mm. who's here. I'm not going to yeah. be the only black person who has this experience. Mm. So you need to wake up. Mm. If you, we know that, like Joe said, people are running away from the church. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what can I do to leverage my influence mm -hmm. to bring them back? Mm -hmm. We need to have these conversations. They're going to be hard, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's worth it. That's so good. Do you yeah. feel that responsibility that she feels walking in? Like as, a, as any employee walking into a company, you feel like, I want to make sure that I do the most I can for those that are coming yes. by. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. literally oh, baked yeah. into yeah. us. Yeah. It's baked into us to have this communal mindset. Whereas somebody might. For others. Yeah. It forward. Yeah. Yeah. Where somebody might like, oh yeah, I've got ambition. I want to succeed for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I've got to, I got to succeed for those coming by. Right. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. what you got. That's right. Yes. That's right. That. If I, if I don't do it right, if I don't speak up, then who will? Who will? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like you said, Jordan, you don't want someone else to have this exact experience you had because that means you did nothing. Right. You know? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, so, and you can't live with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. I want okay. them to be seen as capable yeah. as someone who can flourish in this space, who can thrive. Yes who um, is seen as a credible source. Mm. So all of that combined, wow. mm -hmm. I need to use the time that I have and the relationships and the rapport that I have to move forward. That's so Jordan, good. Wow. That's so good. I want to be like you when I graduate. Oh, come on, man. Can you not graduate and just stay around me? No, no, for yes. real. Yeah. I mean, I'll work for Jordan. It's so beautiful, but you guys, it's also a lot of pressure. Yeah. We yeah. all Absolutely. experience that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, in predominantly white uh -huh. spaces. Yeah. I was yeah. the only black person um, middle school, my entire elementary and middle school. And wow. so it's a lot. So I think, again, it's, a you know, this is fantastic and kudos and God bless you for the work that you have done. Mm -hmm. um, and it's incumbent upon leadership mm -hmm. to do more so she doesn't have to do as much yes. as she's wow. doing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And Absolutely. that's the, and that's okay. why we're having this conversation. Right. right. Yeah. And, and do you, the pressure, are you seeing the, I mean, we've all heard mental health statistics oh for gosh. this younger generation. Yeah. Do you feel like for some of it, maybe some of our, black brothers and sisters in this upcoming generation, that is a part of the anxiety, the depression. Is that part of the... 100%. So we know that one out of four youth suffer from anxiety. One out of five mm -hmm. suffer from some mental Jeez, health. Right. Wow. Um, and I think, Sammy, you brought, it, brought this up in one of your conversations about how this generation, they're experiencing anxiety like people in the 1950s who are in yes. psych wards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really uncanny. And so when you overlay race, which again, as we've talked about, is chronic everyday stress that's actually beyond our awareness, it's so wow, subconscious, just, yep. of course, that's going to further exacerbate things. So when I talk to my 16 year old, she will say that every day, similar to you, she didn't experience racism every mm -hmm. single day in high school, yeah. right? right. Um, not like some of us did, or, you know, when we were growing up, but she does see the N word. She sees when people make questions, you know, ask questions that are really black-handed compliments yeah. or microaggressions. So she experiences it more indirectly. Um, but you've gotta, you've gotta know, everybody has to know that that takes a psychological, has a psychological toll because you're yes. talking to a generation that's already dealing with um, so much pressure academically, oh. socially, cultural shifts. So absolutely race is, um, is stressful and can cause trauma. Oh, man, that's so, and, and if you're not black, you don't, you're not walking through, you might have anxiety, but not because of your skin color, mm -hmm. you know, or, or walking through stress. So what, you, you said something there, I want to talk about it. Um, black-handed, <laughs> I just heard that, that phrase before, black-handed compliments <laughs> just a couple days ago. Um, 
Have you ever gotten, and, and microaggressions, we can talk about, we can maybe yeah, define that, right? Same, essentially. Yeah. But have you ever gotten a black-handed compliment? And, and, and I just, I want anyone watching this to know what not to, to say. Because <laughs> it, can, it can even be just out of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. And ignorance is no longer yeah. bliss. It's not an excuse. Yeah. But have you ever gotten a black-handed compliment slash what exactly is a black-handed compliment? People are like, I've never heard that before. Well, you, 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 man, you speak so well. Speak so well. <laughs> but what I'm not saying is for a black dude. For a black. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's that. Yeah, that's so they'll, they'll talk about someone else who doesn't speak well unless. But, but not you, Joe. I mean, you speak yeah. like you speak like a white person. <laughs> <laughs> and people say that as if it's like a, it's a like I'm, I'm a Bill Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You are as good as a white person. I, 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 I mean, that's not a compliment. Wow. I mean, but, you speak like yeah. a black person, right? I mean, I, I speak like me. I speak yeah. Like me. You know, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not pretending to be white. Yeah. So one thing you should not say is when you find out that your black friend is going to an elite college or university, yeah. don't ask them if they're on a track or basketball scholarship. Oh god. Yeah. And that still unfortunately happens. <laughs> don't make that horrible. Do you play basketball there? Is that what it is? I tell you one. I mean, yeah. My kids, they they say, well, you know, I, I go to Alabama. Oh, UAB? Uh, Alabama State. Oh, wow. Mm. You're not good enough to go yeah. to university. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It happens happen to me all too. the time. Wow. All you want to see Asheville? Yeah. No, no, no. Chapel Hill. Chapel, Chapel, Chapel Hill, maybe. The Tar Heels. Yeah. Blue. Carolina. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case. Last dance. Anybody? All the schools are good. Yeah. I'm saying. Not everybody has a goat. Right. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. And a lot of times it's just it's just naive. They're just naive. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not any type of malicious sure, right. mindset. It's really right. just I thought I was being and I'm like, no, I get it. But that to me, I hear it like this. Right. So, right. so gracious. Or Jesus. even like, you so know, you're, well, you're, yeah. you're one of the good black guys. You're one yeah, of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. You're one of the good yeah. ones. You know, like I mean, I understand there's you know, thugs and but you're one of the good ones. Wow. Yeah. You're I'll pretty for a black girl. Mm. Yeah. Or all so. the questions about hair. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> you could go on YouTube and figure it out. <laughs> oh, man. man. Mm. So. I, I, there was. <laughs> go ahead. There was someone who was on stage and they went through and it was uh, one black person, and all these white people, and the guy was paying compliments and he was just like, you know, you're this, you're great father. Oh, you're one of the smartest people. And he got to the black guy and he said, man. You're just so cool. I wish I could be like you. <laughs> no. And you saw to the black person. Oh, wow. So that's it. I'm that's, it. That's, <laughs> it. that's it. That's it. You're just so cool. The black people are cool. I wish I could be like you. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, brother, I've like, okay. heard that compliment. So, yeah. Yeah. Joe, well, you're just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. And you're like, gosh, I want to, I wish I was a bit more than just cool. But, yeah. And you know they're not saying it to be malicious, right. but yeah, it's like I, I would love for you to dig a bit deeper yeah. and see more yeah. of me than just great sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. You do have great sneakers. You do. Don't be saying that. Yeah, don't let's not go too far. You still got great sneakers. That's not who you are. We can't we can talk about other things. This is why, and I want to talk about the kind of some of the um a lot of people have opinions on this whole Black Lives Matter phrase and this, that, and the other. And become politicized and, and weaponized. But what I'm hoping people are hearing is there's a reason why that even became a phrase to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it's because of so many of the things that 
you've had to endure, go through, and experience, that you've been led to a place where you questioned whether or not your life mattered. Mm -hmm. right? I, I had a friend who very lovingly asked me, hey, does that phrase bother you? Like, do you want him to say Arab lives matter? And I'm like, no, <laughs> because like, have I been stereotyped, heard the terrorist jokes? Sure. Have I been, you know, profiled by a cop before? Once when I was in high school, but never once did I wonder whether or not my life mattered. So no, black mm. lives matter all the way. But what you hear is, well, all lives matter and oh it's a political group or oh did, did you hear what they're funding and, and all this stuff and we've gotten away from just the factual nature of that statement mm -hmm. and everything you guys are sharing is why that is so important yeah can we just why is that such a hard thing to to just be able to say with conviction hey, you know what black lives do matter pretend like white people aren't watching <laughs> well if you if you're if you're raised with oppression you're naturally empathetic so if mm -hmm. I was hanging out with you and your friends and you said Arab lives matter, we're all part of this thing called Arab lives matter. I would immediately yep. be like, tell yeah, me about yep, this. Yep. What do I need to do? Because uh, you're like, I, I get it. I feel, get it. You feel it. And if you oh, if yeah. someone were to say Asian lives matter or Hispanic lives matter or even white lives matter. Sure. If I was with a group of people and they sure. white lives matter and we're in a place in the world where I'm like, tell me, tell me about that. And, and if you guys are being persecuted here, I want to know about that. You just naturally have an empathetic posture mm -hmm. towards a statement where you're hearing this might be a sign of discrimination mm -hmm. or oppression. And so anytime we hear we're sensitive to it so it doesn't matter what you put in that spot we're gonna say oh my gosh tell me about it it doesn't matter if it's tiger's lives matter. sure we're sure. just like what's happening to the tiger <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we're gonna care how can we um, help so <laughs> when <laughs> someone someone feels you know, not just say that <laughs> you say carol basket <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Lord. when someone becomes agitated by yeah. it i yes. think there's mm. there's we're more perplexed and we're yes. saying now why is saying black lives matter agitate you right and i think when people say well it means that you don't care about anything we That's never even pro we would never process that wow. if yeah. you were to say arab lives matter i'm never going to say so you don't think my life i would literally right. immediately be like i need to know more sure. about right. the story yeah. that you're going through yeah. and so i think that's the immediate discrepancy in, in mentality so a lack of oppression makes you way more sensitive or if i could even fragile mm -hmm. or easily offended by that mm -hmm. statement yeah mm -hmm. or having yeah. oppression um garners empathy Ooh, it's such it's such a yeah i mean it's not even a it's if you say arab lives matter i would think mm -hmm. yeah well mm -hmm. what even made you say that sure. right? yeah i got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't did i do anything yeah, you know right, like right, my bad right, right, right. you know right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I, I mean can't i you who told you that right yeah I'm, it's you know it's simple uh either black lives matter or don't or they don't yep um all lives can't matter unless black lives matter yep all yeah. right so we're saying you know, all lives matter, and it seems like black lives don't. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So can we get to that? That's the can conversation. We just, let's, let's can we focus talk on that about it in this context. <laughs> you know, that's the reason why we say black lives matter, because it seems as though society says they don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, you know, the history informs that. Yeah. You know, and it, it takes nothing yeah. away from any other race. At all. Right. At all. 
Yeah. Not it's, at all. It's just the, the defensive. We got to check yeah. that when right. that rises up in you. And we've all heard the logic. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. no one's walking around saying Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. <laughs> all cancer matters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, right. we fully understand that. Right. Yeah. I was talking to my dad the other day, and he was like, you don't walk into a neighborhood and one house is burning and say, well, send a fire truck to every house. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Spread it out a little. Right. Put right. some water over right. there. Right. The logic of that is just mind boggling, yeah. but that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> the lawn is dry over yeah. there. But the house is burning over want, there. You don't want it to spread. Yeah. But I mean, but that's the, as, as, yeah. as crazy as that sound, that's the, yeah. that's the logic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Joe, you also talked about too of, but let's also not let it hang us up from um, moving towards real change as well. Yeah. Right. I think there Without is, discounting it. Right. Right. And I think that there is the responsibility in this generation that here, now we have to do something. We can't get caught up in the argument anymore. Right. Of, Black Lives Matter. It's just a statement. It's just a political group. And I think mm-hmm. we really have a generation at this point that's saying, listen, we all agree on this statement. And so what needs to be done about it? And so I think that now we're, we're looking at a generation that's beginning to have the conversations needed and say what kind of things need to change, whether that's through legislation or whether that's through household conversations or, or friendship groups, whatever it needs to be, we need to start moving towards this. And we're not going to just sit here and bicker on first base anymore. And the difference is we're not moving on. Right. Forward. I love it. Not moving on. Okay. No, we're moving forward in light of everything that I've got. And I'm strong. Strong. Jordan had a very, a great point as we were talking earlier yeah. about mattering being the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, I mean, in every space that you're in, you know, Black Lives Mattering is the bare minimum. Hmm. Can they thrive where you are? Can they lead? Can they create? Can they be their full self? Mm-hmm. It's more than just mattering and being considered as a person. Mm-hmm. Can we do things that you're allowed to do that we usually can't in spaces? Mm-hmm. If I want to lead, I get a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Can we unpack that? If I want to be creative, if I have all of these ideas, do I have to shove them down to help you further your mission? Mm. And so I think mattering is the bare minimum. There's so much more that we're capable of that we usually don't get the opportunity to show. Mm. Wow. Man, it's, it's the bare minimum. minimum. Yeah. Battery ass. So but let's you're not, fighting for. But yeah, you're fighting, but you're fighting for, for yeah. bare yeah. minimum. Yeah. yeah. So I do think, yeah. Man, so let's not even get hung up on the bare minimum. Right. Let's keep adding yeah. to that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you matter and you can lead and right. you yeah. have a voice. You can thrive. Man, right. you can flourish. Wow, that's good. Hey, thanks again uh, for tuning in and engaging in this important conversation. We actually broke this conversation up into four parts. You just watched part three and you can be on the lookout for the final part uh, of this conversation later this week.